0: Rachel Daly is a striker. The end.
1: The Koi Gig pod on OTB Sports.
0: She's got great passing range. She scores goals. She's great in the air. Brilliant in the air, yeah.
1: Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now.
0: OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent moves. I'm delighted to say the Limerick Joint Senior Football Captain Ian Corbett joins us on the line now this morning. Morning, Ian. How are things? Morning lads, how are you? Keeping well, we're keeping well, thanks for joining us. Um, Big weekend, last weekend for Newcastle West, your club. Uh, Famous victory, so it uh, had to go to extra time against Clonmel Commercials, but any win against a team of that calibre, I mean, you're going to take it.
1: Yeah, look, it was a great day for the club. Um, I suppose the last few years, kind of this group, uh, we've had a few near misses in Munster Club. Uh, We lost the two eventual winners in the first round. Um, So it was great to get over the line like we knew how good Tamil were after that performance against Nemo, but uh went up there with plenty of belief and thankfully we got over the line uh just about but we got over the
0: line anyway. So as I said, first Limerick side to reach the Monster Senior Football final in fourteen years. Uh, and of course you'll contest the, the Munster final for the first time since eighty seven. So it's Kerry's Karen's O'Reilly's on Saturday eleventh of December. Um so nice nice handy one in the final for you too Ian.
1: <laughs> I don't think any team that comes out of Kerry is going to be handy. Ah yeah, look, it's it's a very tough task again. Um, but every team in this competition, in all the provincial competitions, are look, they're county champions for a reason. They're going to be good sides. So it's a tough test, uh, but one we're looking forward to.
0: Like a, it strikes me Newcastle West, um, so decent sized catchment area, I suppose, Ian, for for people unfamiliar with the club. But uh, when you won that first senior club with with the with the, the club in twenty fifteen your first since 1992 as a club, uh, like, would you have been seen as underachievers given the size of the town or would that have been seen as a, as a, as a relatively normal gap?
1: Um, well, I think we've only six one in the club's history. Um, I don't know, I suppose being the big town in Limerick, we kind of have that uh, mentality of being townies and a bit soft. Uh, we've been known to kind of get on each other's back uh, in years gone by, but... Um, Thankfully, that's kind of changed the last few years. Uh, with a lad come down from Donegal and coaches, uh, Anton McFadden in 2015, he kind of changed the whole mindset of the club. And I suppose, even since he's left, the players that were involved have kind of continued that. And fellas are coming in now, young lads coming in, and they're buying
2: into that mindset, I suppose. What do you mean, get uh, get on just back? In? You mean, like within the club?
1: No, just on the field, and I suppose, like, someone might do something silly and get a red right card. So we'd be kind of, it would have always been said, if, if you bring Newcastle down the stretch in a tight game, they'll probably lose it themselves rather than you having to beat them. Um, and we did that in plenty of games and we've done it a few times since, but we've definitely got, it's something we've improved at.
2: Did you like sit down as a group and address it?
1: Um, I, I just think we weren't, we weren't hard enough on ourselves. Um, kind of when I was starting off, um, we look for soft excuses rather than looking at ourselves. Um, ultimately, we're the ones on the field you can blame management coaches, I suppose, the committee if things weren't provided. But all them things were always provided. Um, we were always well looked after. Uh, so we just had to really look at ourselves and if we were losing games, it was probably down to us.
2: Is that is that stuff, because I'm sure there's plenty of club players at all levels, at all sports around the country listening in now and sort of wondering wh- how do you get from where you were to where you're at? Like, is it is it an easy fix? Is it like a deep cultural thing? Does it take a bit of time?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say it's easy. Like, we we really, really trained hard. Um, Anton would have been involved with that Donegal team in 2012, and I think he brought a lot of that training down. Like, we were out running in the field, like, when there was no lights, it was pitch dark, and you could just see someone in a high-vis jacket at a line, and you would run to that line and back. Um, so it's just real... I suppose we really worked hard and we knew we had that in the bank. So when games were in the melting pot, we knew we had that work done and that kind of brought us over the line. And I think even in the last few years, it's something we've even improved further. Uh, we've become we've become pretty good at winning tight games or just about surviving. And the last two games, we s we'd kick a score with the last kick of the game to get extra time. Um, so it's, it's definitely a strength of the team.
0: That's definitely a, a positive to take, and you feel like, uh, and even I, I remember you speaking before about the the 2015 monster quarter final against Clonmel again, where you're four points up with, with five minutes left, uh, and then you squander that lead, and Clonmel go on to win the monster championship. Like, you know, I, I'm sure you're not thinking about it directly when you're in normal time or in injury time at the weekend, but to go from that back in 2015 to. Dominating the stakes in injury time and the scoring when, when it really mattered uh, last weekend. Must be quite nice when you think back to the disappointment of, of seven years ago, for example.
1: Yeah, uh, look, that was that was a tough day to take. We had the game won probably um, and we just let it slip and that was probably experience. It was our first time, for everyone on that field that day from our club anyway, it was our first provincial game with the club. Um, and I suppose we just us coming down the home stretch. Um, it was a bit different the weekend. We were the ones coming from behind and had to get the last gas equaliser. Um, but I suppose we just knew. I suppose going into the game that no matter how far ahead we got, Carmel could just turn it around. They did that just before half time. We were kind of, we were kind of comfortable. We were up three points, and they got one, two in about three minutes. Um, but we responded well to that. Got a score before half time, and got the first
2: score after half time. It was nearly like a World Cup match at the end. It was like five minutes of out of time and then another three after that. It was like uh, they were they were pulling from nowhere and you weren't complaining too much, uh, obviously, when Rohan O'Connor, O'Connor kicked the equaliser. Were you aware of the clock? Like, Given the context of everything you've just been talking about, were you aware of the clock? Were you thinking about it? Were you talking um, about it?
1: Yeah, like we got a chance just before that. Uh, Emmett got through and uh, it just dropped short and I knew there was about a minute left and Camille went down the field and we got a turnover and then... I suppose they were kind of just just stop them, so it ended up getting two black cards, and there was kind of the ref was dealing with a few things. So kind of I knew it was gone over the five, but mm. I knew there was still time to be added. The ref probably might have allowed maybe an extra minute or so, but I suppose we were in there 45, kind of probing for that score, and that's the way football is. And hurling, you you, you are always kind of going to get that last attack. Uh, the minute we kicked the shot wide, or got turned over, that was it. Uh, and thankfully, Ruan popped up in front of the goals and kicked it over.
0: Uh, the club Ian, itself, Newcastle West, like, is it? Um, as Limerick is very much becoming a dual county uh, as, at the moment. I think last year was the first year both the football and hurling teams have been in the, the Munster final for for quite some time, uh, decades, in fact. Um, like when, you, when you're starting off with the you know under sevens, under eights, and on a Saturday morning or whatever with with Newcastle West, are, are you playing both? Did you pick one? Was it what was the the scenario in the club and, and what's it like today?
1: Um, You'd play both, yeah, the whole way up. Um, both groups are usually kind of tra- trained by the same people. You might have one or two different coaches in for hurling or football. We've about 14 dual players. Um, right. So we've a big crossover, and that was very difficult during the early parts of the year because um, Limerick plays, plays a lot of games. Like We had five group games of football, and the hurlers had seven group games, championship games, like... So that was really tough on the lads, but with the same manager over hurling and football, so Jimmy managed that well. Um, yeah, and I suppose in Newcastle anyway, there definitely be a big emphasis on both football and hurling.
0: I'm I'm looking at the the, the team, and and um, I guess at club level, you need those. Well, you need the young lads coming through, but you need the wily veterans as well. And and uh, Mike McMahon comes to mind, like one three man of the match in the county final. Um, that like I know he turned thirty seven quite recently as well. So you look at players like that. I'm sure on he's on the team, and you're thinking that's why you need lads at club level to maybe give that extra year or two if they have it because i mean you can't buy experience
1: yeah i, I think mike's the only one on the team that was would have been at the 87 months to final and um, so he might tell us a few tales <laughs> about that over the next two weeks and um, yeah look mike's an incredible athlete uh, a dual player again like played probably nine or 10 weeks in a row of championship games and i don't think mike will be finished this year probably not next year um, he just he just loves the club. His family is ingrained in the club, the McMahons would be a well known name around Newcastle. And uh, Mike will definitely play for as long as he's proving useful, and he's definitely proven useful this year
0: so far. I've seen it with my own club as well, where you have you've, you've lads like that who are big target men and tall and can catch can catch a high ball. Strikes me like the mark, the attacking mark might have been something that maybe I mean went right up Mike's alley because that that sort of rule coming in just makes him a, a dominant force.
1: Yeah, look, I suppose to be realistic about it, there's probably not many men like size playing club football. Um probably gives us a, a real outlet. Um but I suppose it kind of works both ways. Teams put such an emphasis on stopping Mike, maybe having a sweeper, possibly two at times, that it allows the space around the middle for I suppose the runners around the middle to get through and create chances um, when teams are preoccupied with Mike.
0: And um, we we had Billy Lee on the on, on the show. Um uh, you know, since his since his tenure ended with Limerick, and, and to look, a fascinating character and someone who's done so much as you as you well know for, for Limerick football. You've got Ray Dempsey coming on board now this year, and, and look, the links were fairly strong with between it was between himself and Kevin McStay, I guess, for that Mayo gig. But a uh, lot of people have a lot of good things to say about Ray Dempsey when it comes to, to coaching. And um, have you had had many dealings with him so far, Ian? Or or how's that been? Because clearly yeah, there's an like, excitement. Um,
1: there. We've had I've had. I have spoke to Ray a few times and to be fair to him, he's kind of letting, letting the few Newcastle lads that are involved with Limerick focus on the club at the moment. He's put no pressure on us. Uh, so I suppose we're thankful for that. Look, it was a good appointment by the county board. Um, anyone that is right in the mix for the Mayo job is obviously going to have strong credentials. Um, and I suppose, look, it'll be up to Ray, his management team and the players to build on the good work that Billy has done over the past six years.
2: Does it, um, like, uh, just looking at sort of recent Munster finals, Ian, like the Drumcollar-Broadford 15 years ago, you've won a um, I think maybe since that, but it's not often that Limerick teams are getting to the Munster finals, is that, is that a factor for you or is it just, that's it and we'll we'll think about that another day, but for now we need to get get about the business of trying to win one?
1: Yeah, look, I suppose we get a certain amount of praise for reaching the Munster final, but we're in a final to win it Um That'll be the focus of the group um, for the next two weeks. Um, who knows when we'll get another chance to play in a final? Some of us might never get another chance to play in a club final, so we have to make the most of the opportunity while we're there.
2: Just on Limerick, generally, um, I wondered, like on the face of it, given the size of the county, the population, you would think that they should be more regularly up in the higher echelons of um, of football in the country, and obviously promotion uh, promotion this year, and that that I'm sure will help. Is it the competitiveness between like the rugby it's obviously uh, the city is a big um, soccer town uh, the hurling obviously coming on over the last few years is that the reason that, that Limerick are not more regularly up amongst the Division 1 teams or in the mix towards the end of the championship or what's your take on um, how they how they might given, given what you've been talking to a little bit earlier on about obviously how you've managed to advance things on the club level how Limerick might advance more on the intercounty county scene um, I think a lot
1: of it is probably from underage Unfortunately, Limerick have no schools playing Cornyvory and they had an amalgamation there for a few years and it was giving young lads the opportunity to play football at the highest level. But I don't know who decided it, but they decided the amalgamations weren't allowed and there's probably no school on its own in Limerick strong enough. But I suppose when we're competing with the Corks, Kerrys, I think Clamell have a school in it, Flannins are in it. Like I suppose it's just us and Waterford that don't have schools competing at that level. You see it in Limerick with the hurling. Uh, For a few years, there was three or four schools playing Harkley Cup. Um, So I suppose that kind of puts massive emphasis in on the academy. And I suppose underage, then you have kids trying to play soccer, rugby, hurling football. Um, But I think it's something that's definitely improved. We're seeing lads coming through from the academy that have the strength and conditioning work done. And where when I started, I'd have had very little strength and conditioning done prior to playing senior football. Uh, But thankfully, that's kind of changing and lads are more prepared rather than needing the two or three years to get ready for inter-county football.
2: That stuff in the schools is mad, isn't it? Like, that's, uh yeah, should be the foundation like basis for, for everything.
1: I suppose, like, it is disappointing and um, I suppose the GA should probably be doing more that if Limerick don't have schools strong enough, they should be allowed to join three or four schools. Um, I think I could be wrong that um, the Waterford Colleges a few years ago had some amalgamation and it was kind of an All Star team, and maybe five or six of them have ended up with All Stars, and I suppose the powers that be, the traditional schools, probably didn't like that, and it affected all the amalgamations. Like it would be mm-hmm. so beneficial for twenty lads from Limerick to be playing Kearney uh, Worry, but unfortunately at the moment that isn't the case anyway.
0: I'm looking at the uh, the uh, Division Two teams set for for next year in the in the league, uh, Ian, and uh, so yourself and yourselves and live, of course, promoted from Division Three. You had the Dubs in Kildare, relegated from Division 1 to 2. And then you have Clare, Cork, Derry and Meath uh, already there as as established uh, Division 1 teams at this stage. Nice handy start for you as well. You're, you're away to Derry in the opening game. And then you have uh, the Dubs coming down to Limerick. So uh, some decent fixtures to look forward to in Division 2.
1: Yeah, um, I think whoever's in the fixtures committee didn't really look after it too well. But look, we're going to have to play them at some stage. Um. Two massive games like for Dublin to be coming down to Limerick, I suppose. We'll draw a massive crowd. It'll give the kids the opportunity to see the likes of Brian Fint and Kieran Kilkenny. We saw that the weekend there was Fossa were playing a junior Munster club game, and it's it's all loud out in Castle Um, So it's great for the kids of Limerick to see these superstars, all stars, uh, coming to Limerick and playing against the Limerick lads, and you can only promote football in the county.
0: I know you're 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 a guard based down in uh, in in South Tip, but uh, the um, it struck me. I remember you, uh, in an interview interview you did before where you're talking about covering the I think it was maybe Tip and Cork playing in Turles and Sepa Stadium um, in a in, in a hurling match, and uh, you know you're on duty, and then the following week you're you're playing a match. So like if, if anything, almost personifies and, and uh, typifies the the amateur ethos and nature of the GAA. It's something like that where you're on duty as a guard. At a, at a big match, and then the following week you're playing. Like it, it must it must feel strange at times. Yeah, um, I
1: suppose. Look, it's it's the choice of the job, and um, you need a few extra guards around Turles for the big Munster hurling games. Um, Who's up there working? And then the following week you're seeing the guards around Clarny doing the same thing that I was doing the week previously uh, in preparation for the football final.
0: I know lads' heads could probably get wrecked walking around. To, like even I'm thinking of yourselves before the the monster final last last season. I mean. Is it easier for yourself when you're based in somewhere like Care where it's a hurling stronghold that maybe you don't get the head wrecked as much with people asking questions about, oh, how's the prep for Kerry going this weekend?
1: Um, yeah, I suppose look, most people I work with probably wouldn't well, people I work with obviously know I play football for Limerick, but the people you're interacting and dealing with don't like. Um look, I suppose anyone that comes up asking you questions is probably coming from a good spot, but I suppose you can get sick of repeating the same and so you're giving them cliche answers anyway so we're not going to get a whole pile from speaking to you but um, I suppose it all comes from a good place
0: Absolutely uh, Listen Ian uh, great stuff and uh, really appreciate your time this morning so Saturday 11th of December you have the Munster uh, football final against Kerry's Cairns or with, uh, with yourselves in Newcastle West so very best of luck and uh, I'm sure we'll check in after you've, uh, you've got the silverware secured Cheers lads thanks William Good man OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent loads.